Here's a call. Let's see who it is. It's coming through. We're going to see. Hello? Hello, Tony. It's Chris Frangiola. We, you know, we, uh, I could tell by the sound of your voice that it was, you didn't need, we were going to introduce you, Chris. Pretend oh, like, okay. <laughs> pretend like you didn't say, Tony, this is Chris Frangiola. Just say hello. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretending right now. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very uh, pleased this punch. I'm proud uh, beyond, uh, beyond, beyond the scope that I could even feel that uh, on the phone with us right now is the one, the only Chris Frangiola. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hello, Tony. Nice to uh, be on the phone with you. That was, there was a little bit of hyperbole there, but wasn't it better? And hey, it's me. <laughs> it, it worked out perfectly. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for calling me, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Doing well. You, uh, I'm going to assume that you were calling us from the pal uh, palatial Rick Bronson condo. You're exactly right. That's exactly what I'm doing. I am calling you from the palatial Rick Bonson uh, condo out here in, uh, what do they call this area? Uh, Hill Street or something? But uh, yeah, High Street. Hi. That's where I'm at. You're on, you're on yeah. High Street. You know, theoretically, yes. you're in Phoenix. I mean, it feels like, if you know the area at all, it feels like North Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, which is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Scottsdale is listed as... Um, a community that has the highest disposable income of any community in the United States. And I did not know that. That's a good thing. That's good. Pretty, pretty wealthy. Uh, and But you are actually across the border in Phoenix, not in Scottsdale, but it's got that Scottsdale vibe, wouldn't you say? It, yes, I, I, I actually enjoy Arizona. I don't really know where the where Scottsdale ends and Phoenix begins. It seems to be all one place to me, but what do I know? Is that, that's a weird thing. If you don't, if you're not from Arizona, if you don't live in Arizona for many years, I did business in Arizona, but lived in Los Angeles. It all seems like, right. and you go, why is this more expensive? They go, well, there's four cactus over there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so Scottsdale is, is the, is the more expensive area you're saying. Most of you. So Scottsdale is, uh, uh, uh North Scottsdale, uh, Paradise Valley, uh, up where you are is, um, uh, one of the uh, more wealthier enclaves in the United States and just a cool, fun place to be as well. Well, I learned this on Wednesday night over at the House of Comedy because I did a roast for uh, Shane Doan, who I guess here in Arizona is a huge deal. 21 years he played with the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, uh, and so and I saw a lot of rich folks at that roast. Yeah, from this area. Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're up there, the the movers and the shakers. And Shane is a uh, is a Phoenix institution. He is, and uh, right now in um, Arizona sports, uh, and you know, and we're one of the few teams that has every major professional sports uh, that you can have. We have we have men and women's professional basketball. We have professional football. We have professional baseball. We have uh, professional soccer. We have professional hockey. And we are also one that has more teams that are dead last without any chance of advancing. Yeah, yeah. that was a lot. That was brought up in the roast quite a bit, actually. Uh, on you know, there are a lot of Arizona sports, but not too many that are doing very well. And they could, and they should. And but then we have we have and we have players who um, not only are what like we just lost a great one, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, uh, he's gone to the St. Yeah, Louis he Cardinals. Got traded, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, which doesn't bother me because I grew up in St. Louis. 
But uh, Shane, like Luis Gonzalez with the Arizona Diamondbacks, is, is a, a, and Kurt Warner now are true Arizona institutions and wonderful guys. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so uh, so you, you're do, you're doing fine. You, you'll be you'll be back again. The Diamondbacks will have a nice season. They'll do okay. So did you did you roast Shane Doan? Did you roast him? I did. I did roast Shane Doan on Wednesday night. It was great. He's a super nice guy. Hard to roast when they're that nice, you know. But I, I we figured out a way. That's what I was saying. Pretty funny people. What did a man who lives in Los Angeles and is just here for a week? What could you possibly say? about a beloved human institution here in his hometown. Well, because I'm such a clever, brilliant comedian, what I decided to do was I did the roast as Donald Trump. I had a full-on <laughs> wig and makeup and a suit and a red tie, uh, a horribly tied, long red tie, and I did it as Donald Trump, basically saying we're building the wall on the wrong side. We should be building on the Canadian side because they're coming here stealing all our hockey jobs. That could be given to uh, you know strong American hockey players when Canadians are stealing all our jobs. So that's the angle I went with. It went over very well, actually. I was happy that it did because it would have been very embarrassing if I was doing all of this in a Trump wig and it was bombing. Yeah, you know, and you know, I, I tell you why else it was smart, uh, Chris, is because you go, all right, this guy's an Arizona institution. I'm not from here. And uh, and no matter where you go, people become very parochial. Uh, and right. I mean, but and I go up there, and then if Chris Frangiola goes up there and goes, Shane Dean, what a schmuck, then people go, hey. mm -hmm. but so, but to do him as Trump, very, you know what, very smart. This is why. Yeah, it was it was a good angle. See how there were other comedians uh, who were doing, you know, and they were very good. Everybody was very funny, but everybody was kind of doing the same vibe, you know, yeah. Shane doing this, and then you know, making fun of the people on the other people on the dais, and so it worked out well. I'm very happy it did. Thankfully, you know, it I have been a disaster. I put together a roast years ago as a as a promoter uh, of uh, Luis Gonzalez and uh, uh, Bob Feller, Bob Feller, the, okay, the, 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 and. Um, uh, it was one of those classic stories. I, I was not doing the roasting. I had hired the comics. I put the thing together, help them write their stuff. Uh, but it was, a, right. a, it was a, a patriotic kind of political thing and in downtown Phoenix. And right before uh, the first comic was going to come out and uh, roast Luis Gonzalez, the guy running it had a couple of Gold Star families stand up, if you know what a Gold Star family is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and the one woman started weeping copiously, and I started weeping copiously, and the entire room began to weep copiously, you know, as uh, uh, we we honored uh, this uh, this this family who's who's uh, given the ultimate sacrifice. And as everybody was crying, yeah. finally the guy went, "All right, now the first comedian." I'm for comedy. Yes. And I'm sitting it's there. It's happened to me. It's I'm happened to me before. I have done similar things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Why is it? The guy, yeah. a guy actually texted me backstage. He texted me. He texted me, what the hell? And I wrote back, uh, I was eating rubber chicken, you know, and I go, uh, welcome to showbiz, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A few years ago, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. Sure. Greg Fitzsimmons and I were hired to do a uh, do comedy uh, basically for a fallen firefighter's uh, charity. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, and that would have been fine enough. But then right before we went on to do our, our acts, a, a child had gotten up whose father was killed in, a, in, a, in fighting a fire. Oh. And he gave this heart-wrenching speech about his dad. And then after that ended, they were like, and now comedy. So we had to <laughs> kind of you know, dig our way out of that hole. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. You know, you, you take the gigs. 
<laughs> That's the job. So yeah. you you've had a unique week, and I'm I'm going to say uh, first I I knew you were a ro- I knew they were doing the the roast up there. I, uh, right. I, I'd follow that. I thought that's going to be a cool thing and good for them. But then not only did you, uh, and you were coming, you came in early for that, didn't you? Because usually, or was that? A, came in, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Rick had asked me to uh, do it, uh, if, you know, as well, as long as I was coming out this way. And uh, so, yeah, I came a day early and did uh, the roast on Wednesday night. And then last night we had our uh, Valentine's show over there, which actually turned out great. And then tonight we're doing two and tomorrow two, and then one more just for on Sunday, yeah. So, so yeah, you're you're doing the regular week. So, was the Valentine show? Did you do anything different for the Valentine show? I mean, I in my act, just a little bit stuff up front, you know, basically talking about uh, yes. Valentine's Day and stuff like that, you know. But then the club, they had a whole thing set up. It was they did a real nice job. It worked out very well. The, yeah, we we uh, uh, my company, we we pr- produced and promoted two shows. Uh, throughout the city last night as well and valentine's it's i mean that's i looked at everybody that came out to our show last night i, I went up on stage at one point and i go happy valentine's day you made a wise choice this ain't it so um i don't right, know i don't right. <laughs> yeah i don't know is stand-up comedy if you are you married yes sir okay so if you weren't working and you were and you wanted to do something special for your wife do you think a comedy show would cover the action? Do you go, okay, I've done my bit? Yeah, well, at, at, last night I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a pretty good thing to do because they can incorporate everything. In, and, and it's not as crazy as a restaurant where you have to wait an hour for a table. If you got your ticket, you're in. As a guy who worked in restaurants for many years, yeah, uh, going out on Valentine's Day is a disaster. You either go out, the pros know you go out on the 13th, they go out on the 15th. You yeah. don't go out on Valentine's Day itself. It's a disaster. So, yeah, so uh, my wife and I are going out tonight, of course, because, I mean, we would. There you go. And, and yeah. in, in, in show business, we, we get to avoid a lot of these things because we work those holidays. We're working oh, on Christmas. We're working you know, New yeah. Year's. And New yeah. Year's Eve. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it actually saves me a lot of stress and, uh, and planning. That I'm just like, I, I have to work New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day and all those days that are, you know, fun for people to go out. I, I, I like it. I'm happy that I get to do, uh, do the gigs on those days. I I got into show business originally just to avoid lines. <laughs> Did it work out? It worked Good. out. You don't have to. That's I, a way to do it. I, I've never I, since I entered show business. I in any line because I can say with aplomb and sincerity, even if it's not anything, nothing to do with me. I can be going to uh, I can be going to a Motley Crue uh, tribute reunion concert where it's a it's a reunion of a tribute band, a Motley Crue. Uh, right. And I could just walk up and go. Um, um, I'm a, I'm the comic, and they go, oh okay, and they just let me in. I've used it in hotels for yeah. years now. I'm paid for a hotel in 15 years, even though even if I'm not playing, I just go to any hotel in America and go, I'm the comic. And they go, oh sign here. That's I think there the real go. the real wow. benefit. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to start pulling that off. I think. <laughs> try it. Just go up into the airport and go up to. I'll you know, try. Yeah. Go, I'm the comic, and they go, oh okay, here you first class, yes sir. So you so, you were on Chelsea Handler for a long time. I was. I worked on Chelsea lately for since the beginning when we started, whenever that was, a long time ago. And then, yeah, and all through the eight years we were on the air, uh, 1,500 shows in the end. I it think. was a long. It was a long time ago, but it was. It was a. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this with no um, with no irony. Her show was kind of a uh, culturally changing, culturally defining show. 
she um, she kind of ran with the ball that um, um, Sarah Silverman originally tossed, going, "Women can step into this into this arena. Uh, they don't have to be women in comedy. They can be comedians in comedy." And uh, really, kind of solidified that. Would you agree with that? I do agree. Uh, I I, th- I think the show, yeah, it, it's the last show that truly, first of all, popped comedians. It, it's it's a show that you could have been on if you were on the roundtable five times. You or you know you had a huge following and you could be a headliner. I mean, you look at the twenty comedians headlining clubs right now. Uh, we started twenty of them. But you know the yeah. the, the, the Hotel Zero, Winnie Cummings, T.J. Miller, all those guys. We gave them that first shot on TV. So, yeah, it was for that reason. We, it was a great show, uh, and I don't think we can do it today. I really don't. I think just you know that's how quickly things have changed. Uh, we did so many things that we just couldn't do on that show today, <laughs> and and thankfully it was fun at the time. You know, I wanted I wanted to ask you, and and we won't we won't keep you long, but I I, I like to ask these questions. Um, um, I hear, uh, look, I, I'm like, I'm like an older dude. Okay. And, uh, I started doing comedy in 1985. So, uh, okay. uh, and, and I, and, and I toured for, you know, 15, 16 years before I went, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little more not sedentary, but I'm going to be more, I'm going to do other things. I'm going to produce and promote. I'm not going to have a hundred percent of it being, you know, Hey, Cleveland, uh, and nothing against Cleveland. But uh, I hear so many. It's <laughs> good town, good town. Uh, so yeah. many of my friends that are in their sixties who started somewhere in the early eighties. Not too many guys around that started in the seventies anymore. But uh, right. and they go, oh, it's all gotten politically correct. And I go, maybe it's just the culture's changing, and we're like, we're like the Bob Hopes to their Jerry right. Seinfelds. That it's not that yeah. the culture is going to change regardless, and it's the comics' job to reflect that culture or to point up that culture or to maybe, you know, kind of nudge that culture. And that we just, it's not, it's not, it's not that the culture's changes that we haven't. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that right now that that's a hot topic that everybody's talking about is the culture change and we can't talk about anything. I just don't think it's true. I think uh, the, these, the audiences are, once you're inside the club, the audiences are open to anything as they always have been. Uh, I think it's, it's something that's kind of, I don't know, I, like a media made up thing. I, I, cause I, I just don't comedians can say whatever they want. They still can. I mean, they're going to be repercussions of course, because some things, you know, just, you have to be, be, be able to deal with that. I, I choose not to go down, you know, some of the roads that, that people go down just because I don't feel it's worth it in the end for the, you know, for the mild laugh I might get out of it. It's, it's not worth it for me to, to, you know, completely uh, separate the audience. So I try to keep my act as, yeah, it's certainly not safe, but safer than, than some might just because it's not worth it for me. Well, you know, I've had people go, uh, you know what? I, I got into comedy, say whatever I want. And I go, well, they're not called say whatever I want clubs. They're Exactly. <laughs> They're right. called comedy and clubs. Anybody, honestly, for the most part, the guy, the people who say that aren't that good. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there are some who who are really, you know, for the, oh, we all know the comics who who actually really make you know uh, sensitive topics funny. But for the most part, it's just hacks who are, you know trying to be shocking. At yeah, getting laughs. You know what I mean? Well, that's uh, um, you know, you're you're right. You're, the job is to be funny first, you know. And and I tell people, I go, even if you're not funny, if you're at least moving towards funny, 
You know, on if any given right. night, exactly. If any given night, you know, if you're like moving towards funny, then that's valid. But if you're moving towards, hey, I just want to go. You know, people go, well, Don Rickles, he couldn't do what he did today, and I go, no. But there's a lot of things you can say today that Don Rickles couldn't because it was against right. the law. Right. It was against the yeah, law to exactly. say those things. Yeah. Now they're against the law, so it's it's just that kind of shifting around. And one other thing I want to ask you about. Um, cause this is, uh, before I let you go is, uh, you also hosted the, um, the after show for sons of anarchy. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. That was, uh, those were interesting times. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I knew people who, I, 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 I met Katie Seagal a few times. I, I, you know, I, I know Kate, I don't know her, but I've met her and, um, right. Uh, and a couple other people involved, but were you ever like in the room with like actual hell's angels? Uh, well, yeah, a, cu- a couple of the guys who were on the show, uh, a guy named Rusty, and yeah. they were actual Hell's Angels. So uh, at one time, I don't think they were, you know, they were involved. But yeah, they were, I mean, and on the set all the time, they had they had uh, actual Hell's Angels to, you know, kind of give it more of an authentic feel. Yeah, they were definitely uh, around. One percent of bikers. So here, here's the here's here's the question: Did did the Hell's Angels change the culture? in the room or did show business change the hell's angels uh <laughs> you know I think, I think i don't know if the, the hell's angels had that much impact on on the show um yeah i it's hard for me to say i just picture hell's angels just sitting down there and I go yeah how you doing my name is uh my name is bear with the hell's angels uh, can i get a perrier <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right it's, it's real easy to fall into the uh yeah they, i'm sure they would look that actually <laughs> so what's uh so you're at uh rick's club i believe that um next you uh rick really um there's a kind of a fun thing to him a lot of people that tour rick's clubs is that um they start out here in phoenix and then the next week they're in alberta so uh, edmonton and i, and yeah, I edmonton, will yeah. be yes yeah. i will be next week yeah yeah so you go from 70 degrees to minus seven overnight exactly <laughs> so yeah. what else is yeah, on the horizon yeah, but- for you besides uh going to alberta uh, outside of that, I go back to Los Angeles, uh, to work on a new show that we just got picked up that I created with, uh, fortune Feimster, uh, up by true TV called around the world in 80 games. And we, uh, start shooting that on Monday actually. So, uh, you know, but right into it, right back into it. And what, uh, and where will we see that? On true TV. On uh, true TV. Summer. I'm sorry. Okay, good. True TV. All right. Well, yeah. that's fantastic, man. Well, uh, we've yeah. spoken to you before, and we were looking for, you know, my, my wife, who uh, happens to be my producer, so she was excited. She goes, hey, we really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, we're glad to have him back. Great. And, yeah, and well, well I'm, I'm happy to be back with both of you. Thank you for having me. Well, Chris, thank you. Uh, we just want to let everybody know that uh, Chris is at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy up at 5350 East. Hold on, my one sound effect. Hi, Street. And... Um, uh, you should go up well, and you. definitely <laughs> check him out. That's not sure. Please <laughs> That's come out. I'm, I'm here in the... T- <laughs> He's there. Uh, and Friday, so get him, get him, get him. Get him, get him. And if you contact me on my Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, that is the medium through which I communicate with the masses, I might, just might be able to hook you up with a couple of... Uh, uh, I've got two free passes. Chris, thank you very thank much. You, Tony, Tony, uh, you, I noticed you have an 818 number. Why do you have the 818 number? Where Where were you from in the 818? As an 818 a guy who lives in Studio City, where do you... Where oh, were you okay. Well, I used to, uh, I spent a lot of time in Studio City. Uh, my, uh, I had breakfast five days a week for about four years at a place called, uh, uh, 
uh, Earth or Planet Earth Cafe, which is no longer there. Yeah. On Ventura Boulevard. On yes, Ventura Boulevard. Yes, it's gone yeah. now. Yeah. But uh, I lived um, I lived on Topanga Canyon up in the hills uh, where it ended in the San Fernando Valley in Chatsworth. I lived there for a long time. Okay, sure. Yeah, so yeah, I lived yeah. In, oh, I lived nice. in L.A. For, I lived in L.A. for 30 years. And uh, there's a rule in L.A. Here's how it works, okay? You first moved okay. to L.A. And you, got, and you moved to Hollywood. So I used to live on Hollywood Boulevard. Boom. Right. Okay, I lived on Hollywood. You live in Hollywood for five years. If you make it to the hills, if not, to the valley. So, um, yeah. So, uh, um, uh, I ended up, I was a touring comic. I lived up in the hills in Chatsworth. Pretty cool. And then uh, I started a business out here, you know, uh, and I'm out in Arizona. But I've kept my, and I'm there once a month, still on business, uh, show, little cheesy show, shows, show business things they do. So, right. Ch- Chatsworth, Hollywood, Studio City. Yes, sir. I'm there. I love it. Sounds good. I like that Hollywood uh, trajectory. Well, uh, Good to chat with you again, and we'll do it again uh, next time I come through the town. Thank you very much, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tony. Okay, bye bye. There you go. You know that. You know what I like. Uh, um, I tell you what I especially like is he's a guy who uh, he he gets a, he gets a lot of TV opportunities because he's talented, but at the same time, some guys get TV opportunities, <clears throat> and that's it. You don't see him in the clubs anymore. You don't see him out doing live stand up. But he's a guy who has had consistent uh, quality um, TV opportunities and still continues to come out and do stand-up. And I think that's wise. I think it's wise because it's, it's just going to make your television shows and your television writing even better. All right. You know what? I think we've had a full day. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you listen to it live, thank you very much. If you download it, uh, let me thank you now for what you're going to do in the future. We'll be back next Friday. Next Friday, by the way, very cool. Uh, farmer, uh, producer of uh, Roseanne, farmer producer of Grace Under Fire, a man who's written for and produced countless television shows and is now a novelist, Jeff Abagov will be calling in. We'll be talking to Jeff about uh, creating television and writing novels next Friday. And we'll also have, uh, uh, we'll have another comic from uh, Rick Brown's House of Comedy. So we've got a full Friday next Friday. If I were you, I'd rest up right now and I'd eat your Wheaties because that show, that show is going to be a workout for you. For my wife, who happens to be my producer, Shirley Lovisic, and for my uh, faithful um, staff, which currently consists of um, DJ Payne, Kevin O'Day, and my dogs Chica and Roscoe, I want to thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next Friday. Bye-bye.